All right, fair warning. This might sound a little bit like a motivational speech. It's certainly not intended to. There are a few stories that I've wanted to share for a while, but it just felt a little bit soapy, and we don't do a whole lot of inspirational cheerleading around here, so I kind of put it off. But the timing feels right, so um, hopefully it's not too much for you. Welcome back to The Drive Home with Timothy. Uh, as always, thank you for being here. My name's Dustin. We've got Timothy here as well. And we're going to start with the story of a man named Stephen. Uh, Stephen, for his entire young life, had wanted to become a writer, wanted to write novels. And um, by the time he was a young adult, he was married, didn't have any kids, um, he had decided he was going to pursue that dream. So he wrote a novel. And it was a little bit raw, but he was proud of it. And it took him months to write it, and then he was faced with the task of getting it published. And you're not really a writer until people can read your work, right? So he starts pounding the pavement and going to try to get meetings with with um, with publishers. He gets his book in front of a publisher. They read a sample of it. And when they get back to him, they say, I'm sorry, Stephen, it's not good enough. That's We're not going to publish your book. And he was pretty discouraged because he put a lot into that book. And to hear a professional tell him that it wasn't good enough was disheartening, but he kept going and got it in front of another publisher with the same result and then another one. And before he knew it, over several months, he had been rejected by 30 publishers. Now, I can imagine what it feels like to get the first rejection. Number 30 must break you. And it broke him. In a conversation he was having with his wife later, he told her, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I thought that I could be a writer. Clearly, I'm not good enough. He, he took his copy of the book and threw it in the trash and left the room disheartened. So his wife waited for him to leave the room and then quietly took the, the book out of the trash and waited for the right moment to go back to Stephen, put the book back in his hands, and say, you've wanted this for so long, I think you should keep trying. And so he did. He got in front of another publisher. And the 31st time that somebody read a sample of his work, they got back to him and they said, Stephen, this is great. We're going to publish this. That book eventually sold 30,000 copies, which I don't know whether that's a lot, but it sounds like a lot. Um, It was enough for him to continue writing. He wrote another novel and another and another And today, let me read you the stat line on Stephen King's work. 61 novels, five nonfiction books, over 200 short stories. He's won over 60 awards. He's sold over 350 million copies of his work. And there have been or will be at least 60 movies based on his work, including my favorite movie, The Shawshank Redemption, um, there's also like The Shining and It and Children of the Corn and Pet Cemetery. I mean, he's done, he's done a lot. And at some point, he was sitting with his life's work up to that point in the trash and saying, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm not good enough. I can't. And if he hadn't been encouraged by his wife, and if he hadn't also found something within him to go try again, it would have ended there. 
Example number two, um, Oprah Winfrey. And I know some of you love her and some of you hate her because of politics and you remember her crying at Obama's inauguration and stuff. I need you to set all that aside. It doesn't matter how you feel about her personally. We're just going to look at her objectively for a second. Oprah Winfrey was born in some little backwoods Mississippi town to a single mother in poverty. It's the most humble beginning you can have. She was raised in inner inner, inner city Milwaukee, where as a child she was molested by her uncle and by her cousin. Uh, She said that she was raped as early as nine years old. By the time she was 14, she had become pregnant. Um, That baby was born prematurely and eventually died as an infant. So here's a girl who at the age of 14 has lost everything. I mean, she started with nothing and then even lost that. And yet... She found it within herself. I mean, you can imagine how many stories begin like that and then also end like that, right? Because that's, I can't imagine going through anything like that, even at the age I am now, let alone as a teenager. But she found it within herself to pursue journalism. She worked her way up and became one of the most widely known journalists on the planet and is today one of the wealthiest and most influential people that there is. And I have to imagine at some point as a 14-year-old girl, having just lost a baby with everything else she'd been through, there were probably times where she felt like she couldn't continue to move at all. She might have heard the sort of voices in her head that I think are there for everybody. I hope it's not just me and Oprah. Um, But... The vo- you know what these voices are, right? That little things in the back of your head, and sometimes they're so subtle, or they're just so laughably stupid that you don't even pay attention to them because you know that they're wrong. And other times they get a little louder and they start making some sense. And it sounds like, well, maybe they're right. You know, the little the voice that's like, why? Why did you say that? Now everybody's laughing at you now. You're fat, or. Uh, she doesn't really like you. She's just laughing to be nice. Or um, they don't. They don't really think you belong here. They're just. They just don't want to ask you to leave. Um, and at certain times in your life, those voices get really strong. Like everything, it sort of comes in waves. And there's not. You're. You're not tall enough. You're not successful enough. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You're not. You're just not enough. And so whenever that happens, see, I can feel this getting motivational. I hate it already. But when that happens, maybe you can remember Oprah and the 14-year-old girl who had lost everything and somehow found a way to look back at wherever that voice comes from and push back against it and not buy into it. And remember Stephen King with his book, sitting in the garbage and remember that Bill Gates, I mean, the first, first uh, business Bill Gates started failed miserably. Albert Einstein couldn't get a job in physics for like two years. I mean, I don't know who they'd even be, they'd be like, you're no Einstein. And he'd be like, I am literally Einstein. Um, the list goes on and on. I mean, Jim Carrey was homeless as a child living in a van. Thomas Edison the thing most people remember now about Thomas Edison is that he failed at making a light bulb over a thousand times. And he said, I didn't fail. I found a thousand ways to not make a light bulb. Vincent van Gogh 
one of the most widely known painters in history, he sold exactly one painting in his entire life. He lived impoverished. He died without an ear, thanks to some girl. Um, and eventually, now, today, his art is shown all throughout the world and has been sold for millions and millions of dollars. There's so many examples of, examples of this. J.K. Rowling, who at some point was divorced, unemployed. She was a single mother. She was living in Scotland. Um, she had a, a little baby girl, and she said that she was depressed, suicidal, felt like the life had been sucked out of her. But she got an old typewriter, and she would haul her baby and her typewriter around to different cafes and coffee shops in Scotland. And she would wherever she could get her baby to fall asleep in some cafe, she would set her baby down in a car seat, I hope, and she would write on her typewriter. And that's how she wrote Harry Potter. And a lot of people know that story, but I don't know if you know what happened next. She, she went to publisher. She spent a full year trying to get her book published. It is apparently really hard to get a book published. So shout out to anybody who's accomplished that. She spent a full year. I mean, it was hard for her to even get her book in front of anybody. Uh, she got her book to one publisher a month for the first 12 months, and they all said no. Probably didn't even read her work. And on the 13th try, she got a publisher to take her book home, although he didn't read it. She gave him just chapter one and said, read this and let me know what you think. He took it home, didn't read it, but his eight-year-old daughter found it read chapter one, and then went to her dad and said, Daddy, I want the rest of this book. I want to know what happens next. And that's how her book got published. And now she was named by Forbes as the first billionaire author in the world. So there had to be times where she's in those cafes where maybe she's got writer's block. Or maybe her baby's crying. She can't get the baby to sleep. She's probably looking around saying, what am I doing? I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not enough to do this. And so hopefully when you and I hear that voice, we can, in the same way that these other great people heard that voice, that when it whispers the negativity to us, we can whisper back, watch this. As always, thanks for listening.